0: All right, Central family, nice to see you guys. You are looking good. Got his Cowboys jerseys on over here. Got some, what is that, is that the Vikings? We got the Vikings represented. There's probably some Packers out there, some Raiders. Nice to see you guys today. We are talking about all the fields, and today I wanna talk about fear. Now, some of you love to be scared. How many of you love like scary things? You love scary movies, it's okay, scary books. You like Halloween rolls around and you're like busting all the props out of the attic or the closet or wherever you keep all that stuff. You got like spiders and zombies and, you know, skeletons and death flowing all out in the front yard. Yes. Scary stuff. How I many love haunted houses? You go to, go to like a, a haunted house. I mean, you think about haunted houses. We actually pay money to stand in line for somebody to scare us to death. <laughs> Crazy. There's a famous haunted house in the Niagara Falls area called uh, the Nightmares Fear Factory. And at the scariest moment of the haunted house, they take your picture and they post it online. So let's look at a few of these. This is the look of fear you're about to see right here. Look look at that face. That's the look of sheer terror. And I love how her friend is using her behind her as a human shield. You see that? She's like ducked down. And Now it's not just the ladies that, 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 that caved to fear at the fear factory. Check these guys out. Look at that. They were all tough when they came in probably, right? But they lost their man card after after that moment right there. And then check this couple out. This is one of my favorites. Uh, Look at this. (laughs) This guy's like, I'm out, man. I'm gone, right? And I love how she's hanging onto his shirt. Like, if you go down, or if I go down, you're going down with me, right? Like, welcome to marriage. We all wrestle with fear at different levels. Some of our fears are big fears, some of them are small fears. One of the things I'm afraid of is anything touching my eyes. Uh, my whole life, I've worn glasses. I, I wore contacts for one day, but just anything getting close to my eyes completely kind of wigs me out. And so, my kids have known their entire, entire childhood if they really want to kind of get dad's attention, they'll just walk around the corner and touch their eye. If they need something from me and I'm not like, you know, whatever, can I take the car? Can I have $20? And I'm balking a little bit, they'll just start reaching up, touch their eye. Like, whatever they got it, whenever they do it, they, it completely wigs me out. And so, my kids finally got old enough that they're not doing that so much anymore, but now some of our staff kids have started doing this. (laughs) And so little Cosette heard me talk about this a while back and she, through her mom, sent me this video. Check out this video. (laughs) I can hardly even look at that. I know for many of you it's like, that's no big deal, she's cute. No, that's horrible, it's gross. My, my, my wife's thing is toenails and, and feet, anything related to feet. So if I wanna clear the room, I just get the little toenail clippers out, you know, and I whip my socks off and she's out, man. It's like, I just got some me time right there. We carry a lot of, Little fears, quirky fears, big fears. I mean, some of you, you know, you're, you're, you're afraid of the future. You're afraid of what could happen in your kids' lives. We live with fear, you know, as it relates to family dynamics and hereditary dynamics. Some of us live with fear related to addiction issues in our lives, fear related to the unknown, fear related to, uh, you know, even our own success or failure, fear related to new business ventures we may be starting or to new things we're stepping out and facing, fear related to where our family dynamic may be, right now. We all face fear in our lives. And I wanna talk today about how we can get the most out of fear. Because fear in and of itself isn't necessarily bad. It's an emotion that God has given us in our lives. We've been in this series talking about all the feels. We've said, look, we gotta deal with the feels so the feels don't deal with us. We gotta lead ourselves well emotionally so that we don't forfeit the right to lead others in our lives. And so we've looked at several different emotions and feelings, and we've talked about them. I've got some emojis up here that just represent the ground we've covered so far. But you remember week one we talked about anger and how you know anger can be a healthy emotion. Anger at, in its best is just really a motivation to defend something good from something bad. And we said when it comes to anger, like many of the greatest changes we make in our lives are often the result of anger. When you've had enough, when you're fed up, when you're finally ready for change, then you step out and you do it. Anger can be good, but it can also be bad. And that's why we've been saying, hey, there are no bad emotions, but every emotion can go bad. And when it comes to anger, it can slide into rage, it can slide into bitterness, it can slide into uh, revenge, and a whole lot of things that are bad and bad for us. So we talked about how to deal with our anger. Then this, is, this emoji represents worry, and we talked about worry. Worry is just concern that has gone bad. And concern is uh, you know something we should all carry for those that we love and those things that we care about. It's okay to be concerned, but worry enters the picture when you start kind of taking that concern too far. You're looking out in the future, you're worried about things that you can't control, that only God can control and only God can handle. And so we talked about how to manage worry. Then we looked at sadness. It's easy to feel like sadness is badness. Just get away from sadness, just don't be sad. But sadness is a gift from God, it's actually God's way of helping us process loss in our lives. It's okay to be sad. We unpacked that a little bit and we said, look, the worst thing you can do when you face loss is to just bury it and not deal with it at all, because that'll bring up a whole lot of issues and can get very destructive for you in your life. But if you'll get in community with other people, which is why church is so important, if you'll get honest with other people, which is why it's so important as a church that we have a community where we can talk to one another, You'll find a place where you can begin to talk through and share some of the losses you've experienced in your life and that will equip you and help you to move forward in a healthy way. Last week we looked at hurt and we said, look, just because you've been hurt in your life doesn't mean God's abandoned you. It doesn't mean that you're now disqualified. God loves to call not the qualified. God qualifies those that he calls. That's who he is. And this week we're talking about fear. Fear is represented by the the scream emoji over here. When it comes to fear, fear is simply an emotion that alerts you to risk, right? It alerts you to risk. Fear's a good thing. You, you ever been in a situation, maybe you're in a part of town that you're not familiar with, it's late at night, you sense that things are awry, you know what I'm saying, like, like there's stuff in the air, anybody feel me here? And all of a sudden you get that primal kind of thing in your gut, like, you need to get out of here. You may not you may not have seen anything, right? You may not know. You just know like I gotta go. It's time time to roll, brother. I'm out. I got a friend who's a lifelong surfer. lives in Southern California. I was talking to him a couple days ago. He goes, "Yeah, man." He goes, I, "I go out on the water all the time." But he's like, more and more there are sharks coming up on the Southern California coast, you know. And he's like, "I'm out. I'm surfing." This guy's been, you know, he's he's a not maybe not really a professional surfer, but a lifelong surfer. He's like, I just sometimes know. Everybody's happy, everything's good, people are on the beach. He's like, I'm out in the ocean and I'm looking at overcast skies and all the signs, right, that you look for as a surfer. He's like, and I start to see all these things and then sometimes I just get that primal sense in my gut. I don't see a shark, but brother, I don't have to see a shark. I'm swimming for the shore. (laughs) Surfing's over for the day. Right, fear's a gift that God gives us that alerts us to danger and risk in our lives. But the challenge becomes, fear often competes with our faith. And many times God calls us to step through fear to step forward in faith. And so that fear should alert us to things, we should give fear a voice, because that's wisdom, but only give faith the final vote. Listen, if you give fear the final vote in your life, you'll never do anything. If you give fear the final vote, you'll never really take a risk. And if there's no risk, there's no reward. But when you allow faith to lead the way, you give fear a voice, but you give faith a vote. Now you're ready to move forward and experience some of the best of what God has for you in your life. So I wanna talk about how we can get the most out of fear today. And to do that, we're gonna be in Numbers chapter 13 in the Old Testament. Let me just set it up. The Israelites have been delivered from slavery. Moses is their leader. They're at a place where they're headed into the promised land. It's gonna be awesome. A land flowing with milk and honey. And so they've roamed in the wilderness. Now they're ready to cross over into the promised land. So Moses sends 12 spies to go into the promised land to sort of check it out, to make sure everything's good. and. So these 12 spies go, they travel hundreds of miles, uh, they're gone for 40 days, and then they come back and they report to the people what they saw in uh, the promised land. And here's what we read, Numbers 13, 27. When we get to the red word, just read it out loud here with me, it's how we make sure everybody's awake. It says, we entered the land that you sent us to explore, and it is indeed a bountiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey. What? But, (laughs) there's always a but, but, The people living there are powerful, and their towns are large and fortified, and we even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. So they saw some things that amped up their faith. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. It's, In other words, it's everything God promised it would be for us. This was the land God promised the Israelites. But then they saw some things that amped up their fear. And in any issue that we face in our life, in their their case, they saw fortified cities, they saw big people there, giants there, tough people. Any situation you and I face in our life, there's gonna be things that can bolster our faith and things that will bolster our fear. So how do we manage faith and fear in our lives? I just have two simple thoughts for you today. One is this, stop feeding your fears. Stop feeding your fears. These kids in school had to put a little... uh, They had to answer the question, what scares you most? And they put it up on this cork board and I thought some of them were uh, pretty funny. Let's uh, let's bring this up on the screen. Uh, Up at the top you see Paul, what scares you the most? He says, werewolves. Yeah, that's scary. Then you have Nina, what scares you the most? Sharks. Then Dylan, what scares you the most? The unstoppable marching of time that is slowly guiding us all toward an inevitable death. Dylan been reading too much philosophy. <laughs> and then I, lo- I love Catherine right below that. What scares you the most? Dylan. <laughs> Dylan definitely scares you the most. Let me just ask you that question. What scares you the most? What, what, what keeps you up at night? What ties you up in knots? Often what scares us the most is actually something that we're feeding in our lives. Sometimes we don't even realize we're doing it. Some of you, what scares you the most are health concerns and health issues going on in your life. And if you have health concerns, you have health issues, you know what you should do with us? You should go to the doctor, okay? Not the internet, right? But what, what do we do? We start going to the internet, reading all the forums. You know who you are, right? WebMD in this thing, you know, and I got that symptom and that symptom, and oh my gosh, I got that symptom. And by the end, you got 15 diseases you may or may not have. Why? Because you're feeding your fear by where you're going and looking in your life. Some of you, you're worried about something happened to kids or family or loved ones, and and you got the fear that you're carrying related to that. And you got a choice. You know, you're going to feed your faith, or are you going to feed your fear. If you're always watching documentaries about kids that got abducted and people that got killed and family members that lost loved ones, if you're always reading books and turning to movies and entertainment that. That, that kind of go down the road of those storylines you may not even realize it but you're actually feeding that fear in your life so it's going to what you feed is going to grow so that fear grows right and again and again, we could go through illustration after illustration. Some of you, you lay in bed at night and you're worried about the economy collapsing, you're worried about our government completely imploding, you're worried about nuclear war and all these things you know, out there, big things, and it might be that you're just watching too much news. <laughs> just a thought. If you've got a fear in your life, ask yourself, are there things that I'm doing that's actually feeding this fear so that it's growing in my life. When you look at Numbers chapter 13, you see that the 12 spies go into the promised land, they look for 40 days, they come back, and they report. And when they report, 10 of the 12 spies report from their fears, not their faith. What they saw scared them to death, and they fed their fears along the way. And so here's what we see. Numbers chapter 13, beginning in verse 31. A 10 of the 12 say, hey, the land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. Look at this, all the people we saw were huge. Let me just tell you something. I can promise you there were short people as well. (laughs) All the people we saw were huge. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Next to them we felt like what? grasshoppers, and that's what they thought, too. My thought is, since they were spies, that they weren't thinking anything about these individuals. See, what they're describing is not what they saw. What they're describing is how they felt about what they saw. They're describing from their fear, and their fear had grown, hadn't it? whole country will devour you, man. We can't go take that country. We can't take the land that God has promised us. We can't move into the promised land because, man, there's big people there. Everybody's tall. Everybody's huge. We're just short. We're just like grasshoppers. Listen, unmanaged fear in your life will always make you feel small. Unmanaged fear will always make you feel small. But I think God's challenging us to feed our faith more than our fear. Jesus makes 125 command statements in the biographies of the the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. 125 command statements. Of those 125, the one that he mentions more than anything else, 21 times, is fear not. Fear, and it it comes out in different language. Fear not, do not be afraid, take heart, have courage. Right. 21 times Jesus commands us to not be afraid. Listen, the the other largest command theme that Jesus gives in the New Testament is to love God and love your neighbor. Eight times he tells us that. 21 times he tells us to not be afraid. So the most often mentioned command of Jesus in his biographies is don't be afraid. Because there's a lot we could fear, right? There's a lot of reason to be afraid when you look around. But Jesus is saying, take faith and trust in God. I want you to think about the difference between faith and fear. I wrote a few thoughts down here. Fear says, safety first. Faith says, obedience first. Fear says, it will never work. Faith says, is anything too hard for God? Fear says, circle the wagons and protect what you have. Faith says, do not get tired of doing good, for at just the right time, God will bring a harvest of blessings. Fear says it'll be a total waste of time. Faith says nothing you do for the Lord will ever be useless. Fear says things will never get better. Faith says no one who waits upon the Lord will ever be put to shame. Fear says look at the size of these problems. Faith says look at the size of my God. Fear says the worst is bound to happen. Faith says the best is yet to come. No eye has seen and no ear has heard what God has prepared for those who love him. Fear says, I don't know if I can handle it. Faith says, the Lord himself will be with me. He will not abandon me. Fear says, I'm not up for the challenge. Faith says, God himself will fight for me. Faith, uh, fear says, God has brought me here to die in the wilderness. That's what the Israelites were saying. God's just brought us here to die. Faith says, God will surely give us the victory. Listen, God... God did not bring you to where you are to leave you where you are. God brought you where you are to take you where he's taking you. And that's a journey of faith and fear. And we gotta allow our faith to lead the way. Give faith, give fear a voice, but only give faith the final vote, right? Only let faith really lead the way in your life. Because if you just listen to the voice of fear, like these spies, you'll never, you'll never do anything. You'll never move forward and, and, and accomplish many of the things God may be calling you to in your life. So stop feeding your fears, and then simply start feeding your faith. Start feeding your faith. Uh, any fans of The Rock, Dwayne Johnson? Any Rock fans out there, okay? Huge movie star, big guy. I, I started following The Rock on Instagram. I don't really follow a lot of celebrities and all that. This is just for fun and uh, mainly because I want to look like The Rock, but anyway, <laughs> it's not working out for me, okay? But I started following him, and if you, if you know anything about The Rock, he works out like crazy. He eats a million calories a day, but they're clean. He eats clean, 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 and then he'll have like a cheat meal, and every now and then before a photo shoot, he like carbs up like crazy the day before, uh, you know, so he'll look even, even beefier, okay? So this is, this is a cheat, meal right before like a big event like that and uh, check it out this is like I don't know how many pancakes that I think that's 21 brownies and four pizzas now he does not eat like that every day but every now and then that brother gets to go all out listen if I ate like that they would not call me the rock they would call me the blob (laughs) faster blob comes rolling in four pizzas awesome you gotta eat a lot if you wanna grow, right? What you feed is what grows. And when it comes to faith and fear, you gotta ask yourself, what, what am I feeding my faith, because if you want your faith to grow and be strong, you gotta feed it. And when you go back to the Israelite story, here the 12 spies come back, 10 of them say, the land is like, you know, it's overwhelming, there are giants there, we could never do it, we could never move forward, but two of them step up. Now, you gotta understand, they've about worked the people up into a full-blown riot. And uh, Caleb and Joshua are the two spies that step up, and they chose to feed their faith rather than their fear until their faith was bigger than their fear. I'm sure they had fear, but their faith was bigger than their fear. And here's what they said. Check it out. Numbers chapter 14, beginning in verse seven. They said, the land we traveled through and explored is a wonderful land. Exact opposite, right? It's a wonderful land. They said, look, and if the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us what? What's the word? Safely. He's gonna bring us safely into that land and give it to us. He says, do not rebel against the Lord. And here it is, don't be afraid of the people of the land. They have no protection, but the Lord is with us. He's like, I gotta think that Caleb and Joshua somewhere on the journey back started to feed their faith and remind themselves of all that God had done, how he had delivered them from slavery in Egypt, how God had worked in their ancestors' lives, how he hadn't abandoned them in their lives. Listen to me. When you're facing fear in your life, sometimes you got to stop and you got to rehearse all that God has already done in your life. you just got to remind yourself, look, God rescued me here. God brought me through that. I certainly didn't, I wasn't, I didn't expect it, but God saw me through that season. He hasn't abandoned me yet. He didn't bring me to where I am to leave me here. You gotta, you just gotta remind your, feed your faith and let God move in that. It's exactly what we see Caleb and Joshua do. Now, the people start letting their fear take over, and they start talking about killing Caleb and Joshua going back to Egypt, back to slavery, rather than moving forward into the promised land. That's how fear is, right? It's contagious. It spreads so easy. I think we like to be scared, and I don't mean in a haunted house kind of way. We let that fear, we say we don't, but we let that fear run and we, we accept whatever people say and we grab a hold and we let that fear grow and we feed it in our hearts. That's what's happening with the Israelites to the point that they're ready to give up on the promise of God. They're ready to go back to tyranny and slavery rather than move forward in faith with uncertainty. They're ready to go back to what they know rather than trust God and what he's calling them to in their life and so, Here in this moment, something very powerful happens. God basically says to the Israelites, that whole generation, that because of their lack of faith and their unwillingness to believe, they would basically roam in the wilderness for 40 years until the whole generation died. That entire generation, all those people, they all died in the wilderness. Not one of them saw the promised land except for Caleb and Joshua. These two young men who had faith and fed their faith and choose to believe, even though things were scary and difficult, even though they were old men, Joshua led them, Caleb was there, God says, you too will enter into the promised land because you believed as young men. You had faith that I would move and I would work. And in our own life, we're gonna face fear and faith and that tension regularly. I think about every major decision I've made in my life. And fear and faith were right there. And often fear was like leading the way. Uh, I can remember when I first came to faith in Jesus Christ and trusted him in my life. I was uh, facing a season in my life where I was coming out of addiction. I had a a lot of fear. And I felt like, man, I may never be able to be sober. I may never be able to be clean. I may never be able to move forward in this situation. That fear felt so big and so huge, but I began to go to church, I started to get around people who prayed for me, I asked God for his help, I got on my knees, and all of a sudden I started beating my faith, and that faith started to grow just enough to overcome the fear for me to take one step. That's why we say in recovery, and if you're there right now, hey, one day at a time, right? Jesus says, don't worry about tomorrow, tomorrow's got enough trouble of its own, one day at a time. Let my faith overcome my fear today, and take a step in faith as you follow him. Later, I remember when uh, I really felt like God was calling me uh, to ministry, and that meant going to college. And I just gotta tell you, man, it was like all the fear was right there. Because to say I was not a great student in college would be the greatest understatement of the, or in high school would be the greatest understatement of the day. I mean, I was scared, right? I had a lot of fear. I thought, man, you know, I'm gonna look like an idiot. I'm not gonna know the answer. I'm gonna be the stupidest guy in the room, right? But as I fed my faith and as I talked to wise counsel in my group, which by the way, that's why it's important to be connected to other people at church, to have community, to have a group. As I sought the advice of my family and my pastor, I began to, my faith began to grow, that maybe God was in this, maybe he really was leading me. And my faith just edged out my fear, enough for me to enroll and to go take that step. And I'm so glad that it happened. Then later, I met this girl named Lori. And here comes all the fear again, right? All that fear, all that. My fear wasn't about Lori, my fear was about me. Would I be a good enough provider? Would I be able to really take care of her? Would I be what she really needed? And my faith had to grow to a place that eventually I took that. Then we started talking about, I remember we started, we had a conversation, maybe it's time to start praying about having kids. I don't know how far back can I go. And it was just like, oh my gosh, you know, having children and all the stress and the pressure and will we ever be able to afford them and are we ready? Listen, if you're thinking about having kids and you're asking the question, are we ready? The answer is always the same, no. (laughs) You're never ready, right? You can be more ready than less ready. You know, having a job helps, right? You know, having a few things locked away in your life helps, but you're never really ready. And I had all that fear, but faith, ultimately, we felt like God was in it, calling us to take those steps. um, And ultimately, faith led the way Everything that happened, 16, and a, over 16 years ago, I got a call from a church called Central. And uh, I remember after I got off the phone, I, all the fear was sort of right there. I went in, I talked to my wife. I said, how would you feel about moving to Henderson? And uh, we were living in Southern California. And my wife said, uh, well, wh- where is Henderson? I said, well, it's, you know, it, it's, uh, it's in Nevada. Well, where where is it? Like in the state, well, you know, it's just in there, it's around there, (laughs) stuff. Not too far from Las Vegas. All the fear, right? We came and we interviewed and we prayed and we talked to counsel and we had a million conversations and prayed some more and prayed some more and prayed some more and our faith began to grow. We began to sense God was in it. But I I won't lie to you, one of the scariest moments of my life was driving across the desert in a U-Haul with all of our stuff loaded up and a wife that was a couple months from giving birth to a new baby, moving to Las Vegas to be a pastor. What are you, stoned? Like, what are you doing, right? You need to stop this right now. Turn around and go back. And that's what the whole drive was like for me. It was the tug of war, faith and fear, faith and fear. But I'm so glad that faith (laughs) led the way. And come on. Every decision I look back at that I'm so thankful for in my life was one filled with faith and fear. And I think you probably have the same story in your own life. Sometimes I let fear take the day. And sometimes I have some of my biggest regrets around how fear led the way. But those moments that faith led the way, and I really sensed God was leading us and we stepped out anyway, I have never regretted those moments. So maybe you're facing a decision right now that's filled with fear. Let me just encourage you, let faith lead the way. Talk to wise people. Talk to some uh, wise spiritual people in the church. Read your Bible, pray, ask for God's wisdom and discernment. If fear is right there, it's okay to give fear a voice because that could be a gift from God. It could keep you from really hurting yourself, right? Fear can be good, but don't let fear have the final vote, right? Let faith have the final vote in your life and in your decision-making process. And feed your faith. That's why we talk a lot about keep showing up, That's why we've been challenging everybody in the four-week challenge. Hey, keep showing up to church every week for four weeks. Get in a habit and keep doing it every week because we all need to keep being filled up and inspired and encouraged. We gotta feed our faith rather than feed our fears. So keep showing up. That's why we're challenging people to to join me and inviting friends and family and those to come join us next weekend with Fall Fest. And Blanco Brown's gonna be here performing. I'm kicking off a brand new teaching series called I Need a Miracle, and we're gonna look through the Gospel of John uh, biography of Jesus. There are seven miracles or signs that sort of outline the Gospel of John. We're going to go through each one of those miracles and talk about incredible hope that we can have that God can still move and work in our lives today. It's going to be an awesome experience, so make sure to be here next weekend as we kick that off. But I did something this weekend that I'm I think can hopefully mean a lot to you, it meant a lot to me, and that is just look through the Bible and pull together all the times in the Bible uh, where it says, fear not. And just sort of put all of that together so that you get a picture of what the Bible is offering us when it tells us we don't have to live in fear. Fear not, and usually it's not just fear not, it's fear not for a reason. So if you just fly over the whole Bible, Here's what it says, fear not, for God is with you. Fear not, for God hears you. Fear not, for the battle belongs to the Lord. Fear not, for God is coming to save you. Fear not, for He is here to help you. Fear not, for He will strengthen you. Fear not, for He will hold you up with his victorious right hand. Fear not, for the Lord personally goes ahead of you. Fear not, for He will not fail you. Fear not, for He will never abandon you. Fear not, for the Lord knows your name. Fear not, for he will protect you. Fear not, for he knows the number of hairs on your head. Fear not, for he's out to bless you. Fear not, for the Lord will help you. Fear not, for he will heal you and give you a great reward. Fear not, for the powers of people. Fear not, the powers of hell. Fear not, for he has overcome them once and for all. Fear not, because nothing can separate you from his love. Fear not, because nothing can separate you from his future. Fear not, because he's given you the victory. Fear not, because it's his pleasure to give you the kingdom. Fear not, because he's the first and the last. Fear not, because he's the alpha and the omega. Fear not, because he's the king of the rulers. Death couldn't defeat him, the grave couldn't hold him, and the world cannot overcome him. Fear not, because Jesus is alive day and forever and he is coming back amen come lord jesus don't live in fear don't let fear rule your life you gotta let faith fill your heart and fill your life you gotta feed your faith in your life you gotta hang on like joshua and caleb and say god i believe i receive i will walk in faith today i will trust you today i will not let fear dictate my life anymore Give God some praise. Give God some praise. So maybe it's scary right now. And maybe it's hard. But let God and his goodness and his grace lead you one step at a time. Walk in faith and not fear. Let's bow and pray together. God, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your word. It gives us so much hope and encouragement. We thank you for the privilege of just coming together, remembering who you are, God. And we walk out today filled with faith, filled with trust, maybe facing all kinds of mountains and giants, but facing them in your name and in your love. God, we're not grasshoppers. We're conquerors because of who you are. And we thank you for that today. And we give you praise for that in Christ's name. Amen.